Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. Fresh off of Christmas, we come to you on another episode of Big Time Baseball. Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside John Heyman. Really two big stories going right now uh, with a few minor stories happening. We'll start with the, the positive one. That's Dansby Swanson. He finally finds a home, John. In Chicago, and if if you follow him and his lovely wife, it's not all that much of a surprise. His, his wife plays uh, in in the NWSL in Chicago for the Chicago Fire, uh, I believe it is, or Chicago Star, excuse me. And then uh, he ends up signing a seven year deal worth uh, one hundred and seventy seven million uh, with the Chicago Chicago Cubs. And we would later find out there is some type of uh, attachment that he had to the Cubs as he talked during the uh, press conference, John. But um, you kind of felt like, I I do recall you bringing up the Cubs as one of the possibilities the last episode, and it comes to fruition. Yeah, I don't know if I had any special insight, but this was fairly predictable. Uh, Mallory Pugh is a star with the Red Stars, as you mentioned. Um, Certainly, uh, Dansby had connection to the GM of the Cubs, Carter Hawkins, who also went to Vanderbilt, is from Georgia, just like him, uh, with the Braves really not playing at this level. And that is the Braves for you. They do not like to step out financially. So, uh, you know, they're going to go with Arcia and Grissom for now, at least as a shortstop combo. And, uh, you know, I I give Cubs credit. I I love Dan Swanson as a player, very clutch, really stepped forward uh, defensively, uh, won a gold glove and a Tough league with uh, Lindor in there. So, I mean, I think he's really, really trending upward. Yeah, he's he's he really came into his own in his hometown of Atlanta. I mean, he was a, obviously a number one pick, traded uh, from Arizona to Atlanta, ha- has really developed into the shortstop. I think everybody saw it in Vanderbilt and possibly even a little bit better, right? I don't think anybody saw the power uh, that we've seen from Dansby, Dansby over the last two or three years. And he certainly cashed in. He, he, he mentioned that as a kid growing up, um, although he was from Georgia, he'd come home uh, on many days from school or, or, or across the street from his house, and his grandfather would have a cup game on. And so uh, <laughs> there, there is a, an attachment there, and uh, he certainly cashes in. Um, and, and you're right. He's had, to, he's had to really, you know, find a way amongst – really some of the best players in the league uh, playing that same position. And um, boy, oh boy, as he not only developed as a player, but you, you, you get the sense in Atlanta, he was also one of the leaders in that clubhouse. And, you know, this is back-to-back years now. The Braves are going to lose a, a big-time leader. Um, it didn't show up as as as, as many might have thought with Freddie Freeman leading, leaving last year, but – this one, this one could hurt a little bit, I think. Yeah, it could. I mean, Ron Washington says that Grissom is going to be a good major league shortstop. He is only 21 years old. He really came forward last year and did better than anybody expected at that age. Arcia gives them kind of a, a good floor. I mean, good defensive yeah. player. He's been clutch, but uh, certainly not the hitter that they'd want uh, to contend in that tough division. I mean, Philly and the Mets look really good. We'll see here what the final result of the Mets – off season is obviously they're still working on Correa, but 
Uh, I mean, Swanson, you know, everybody's got a different journey, as Aaron Boone pointed out, the Carlos Rodon press conference, where he was a top draft choice, and then he's had some ups and downs. Swanson, same thing, and he just really seems to be trending up, and uh, I think that is the deal that made sense for the Cubs. I didn't see them going into the $300 million range and going for Turner or uh, Correa. Swanson really was the guy that fit them best, and uh, yeah. I give them credit. They've had a good good winter. Last winter, I didn't quite get the stuff they were doing with uh, Clint Frazier. I don't, I'm not sure that's his name anymore, but uh, the outfield <laughs> the Yankees used to have. I can't remember what his new name is, but, uh, you know, they got a couple, few guys like that, and uh, this time they got a guy who I think is great for the team, and Horner will be very good at second, and uh, yeah. they, look, they look much improved. I thought they overachieved last year particularly in the last couple months, but uh, I do think they've improved uh, this winter. I, I will say this note to uh, scouts and teams out there. Sometimes patience is a virtue. I mean, I'm just saying you get guys like Danzy Swanson that take a little bit of time to get their feet under them. And when they do, they're worth 177 million. So uh, now the other big story, not as positive, uh, Carlos Correa. He he we he seemed to be the big catch for the San Francisco Giants only 24 hours after the deal was announced. Might have been a little bit longer after that. The physical happens. There's some concerns. There's things are put on hold. And within a 24-hour span of that physical coming out, the Mets hop in and they get him for a year less, a little bit cheaper dollar only for 24 hours later to pass on that, that they are a little concerned. Now, it seems like they're still working through the deal, uh, but this is this has got to be, for, for Carlos Correa specifically, this has got to be a nightmare. I mean, he's, you know, certainly is, and this story is still going on. You know, we'll see at, at this point. Right now, he does not have an official deal. They had an agreement at 12 years, $315 million with the Mets, and Seems like both parties were very excited to do this deal. And uh, obviously the Mets, uh, it seems like they found something similar and are concerned about the ankle, which is, it's it, it's kind of weird. But again, I'm not a doctor. I just play one here on the podcast. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're talking about an eight-year-old uh, injury and surgery, and he hasn't at least reportedly has not received any treatment for that injury in those eight years. And he's been a pretty dependable player. I mean, he's not yeah, Swanson yeah. playing every game, but he's missed only an average of 14 games over the last three years. It's very strange that, you know, guys who've had a lot of injuries and, uh, you know, were not as dependable, very good players kind of flew through their physicals. I mean, Jake DeGrom, I mean, he's had more MRIs than anybody over the last two years. Uh, his MRI was said to be pristine, and he's fine with with Texas now at 185 million. And you've got uh, Conforto now signed by the Giants, uh, or at least agreed to. We'll see about that. But uh, you know, uh, he got a two year deal with an opt out despite his physical issues. Hanniger, very good player, but of course he's had a lot of physical issues over the last few years, and he is now complete with those same giants. So uh, it is a little bit of a mystery why an eight-year-old ankle surgery would cause this kind of consternation now, not by just one team, but two teams. And we'll see how it turns out with the Mets, whether they figure out something in the language to protect the team more, whether they 
insist on a different guarantee, a lower guarantee, uh, or perhaps whether he ends up going to another team. We know his old team, the Minnesota Twins, were a team that offered him 10 years. So, you know, of course, now that was nothing uh, concrete, and they'd want to give him a physical too, I'm sure. But uh, this is a team that had him and loved him and offered him a 10-year deal. And it's just a little surprising that he's the one coming up with all these uh, physical issues. And I'm sure he's quite concerned. And, I mean, I think one one thing in the positive ledger is that Steve Cohn, the owner of the Mets, who I talked to right after that deal was agreed to, very, very excited about the deal, said they needed one more thing, and this is it. And I've heard that Carlos very excited about the idea of coming to New York, even though he's going to be switching positions and giving up shortstop. Now, other guys who are good shortstops, and this is a, condi- uh, a guy who's a great shortstop, do not like to give up that position, and apparently he was okay with it all along, even if San Francisco wanted to move him to third. And... Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, as a player, he's got to be concerned at this point about where this leads, uh, you know, whether he gets this deal with the Mets, a different deal with the Mets, or has to find a third team. I imagine Carlos is extremely frustrated, right? Because from his standpoint, this is an injury that happened in the minor leagues, and it hasn't had any impact on anything since. So in his mind, the leg is healthy, no matter what the picture is saying that the doctors are looking at. And so... I can imagine a guy in his position just really I, I can imagine him pacing. I can imagine him frustrated. I can imagine him upset. And, uh, you know, this is the weird part about um, baseball and really all sports and, and these long term contracts. You get certain doctors that will look at this very same picture as the twins did. And we're completely comfortable with 10 years. Um, and then you get a couple set of doctors that look at it and have serious questions about it. And that, seems to be the case with not only the Giants, but now the Mets. Let me ask you this, John. You you mentioned the possibility of him finding another team. Could could the Giants pop back in and get in on this? I mean, I look at their situation, and listen, I know they signed Conforto. That's not even remotely in the same ballpark as, as a player like Correa. Could they hop back in this at all, or has those two signings they've made pushed them out? Well, I think the Giants do very well in terms of revenue and finance, so that wouldn't preclude them jumping back in if they could figure it out. But, you know, obviously uh, this was cut off pretty quickly. Uh, You know, Carlos, his family, his in-laws, they were all in San Francisco. I'm not quite sure why the Giants had called a press conference before the physical was done. That seems to be the one mistake in this. Uh, Put everybody in a bad spot, particularly Carlos. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't spoken to him other than to congratulate him and him to say thank you. <laughs> That's about it. You know, when the, when the Mets deal was agreed to, uh, I don't know how he feels about going back there. We don't know exactly what their uh, level of concern is other, other than they were quite concerned. And they apparently told uh, Scott Boris, the agent, that they needed more time from what we've heard. And of course, the Giants haven't spoken. And I, I get it. I mean, you're not supposed to talk about somebody's physical ailments it's uh you know there are HIPAA it's laws. The law yeah <laughs> so i get it why well, they haven't spoken so we're relying on on scott boris to uh tell us uh what's going on here and uh you know from his perspective uh the giants basically told him we need more time uh, after you know apparently the correa camp giving them more time a few times and the press conference then being delayed and 
you know, it seemed like a good move to move on and go to the Mets and figure something else out for fairly similar dollars, $35 million less with the Mets, one year less. Uh, so per year, very similar amount. And, uh, you know, it seemed like they had a great alternative here, but now we're back in the same spot. But in terms of going back to the Giants and the doctor that first flagged them with the press conference that didn't come through, you know, I wonder, you know, I mean, obviously Carlos is going to have to have a team, so don't want to rule anything out, but I wonder if, if he'd be anxious to go back and do it. And, and, of course, we don't know what their position is other than they do have the money and they would like to have a star on the team. They want some excitement. You know, they went from a 107-win team to a 500 team, and they were, weren't very exciting last year. So yeah, the I, obviously they wanted a judge first and they wanted Correa next. And I mean, I think they've made some good moves. They've improved the team, but the fan base has got to be frustrated. Yeah. Uh, they've improved the team. Uh, uh, I think minimal compared to the other teams, including the diamondbacks in that division uh, who all of a sudden have an extremely young and exciting team that I think is going to compete. Uh, in the National League West. You mentioned Judge. He's another player who's had injury history that doctors seem to have no issue handing the money it's over Korea. to. It's unbelievable. <laughs> You're right. It's I mean, all these other guys with history, I, nobody had more MRIs than DeGrom, and apparently they were must have been all good, these MRIs, and because of, the word is the Texas one was pristine. Uh, it's very too, weird. Huh? Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> and it's very weird that the guys who are the most dependable, like like Kershaw, now, of course, he had the leverage issue of he needs to go back to the Dodgers because he's a legacy-type player. Judge had the kind of a little bit of the same issue, not quite to the degree of Kershaw, who's closer to the end of his career. But, I mean, Kershaw has been very dependable in terms of logging a lot of innings. Now he's missed some time, and he doesn't throw 96 miles an hour anymore and you know i get why degrom was more popular but i mean degrom who's been undependable got nine times the amount of money of, of kershaw uh it's almost better to not get on the field to not perform to not log innings and to just say here i am i am in, i'm very healthy right now and uh you know going forward i'm a good bet um yeah you know it's unfortunate for correa i obviously had a back situation Earlier in his career, that does not appear to be the issue at this that, point. That is that that and, is mind-boggling to me too, John. That yeah, all of his issues at the big league level have mainly been about his back. Right. We not we're not hearing a drop about that. It's about the leg that he broke in the minor league. So it's it's all very interesting and and I'm sure frustrating for 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 Carlos Correa. Now, not a lot else going on in baseball. Uh, it does seem like uh, we talked about. Uh, Michael Conforto finding a home in San Francisco. Uh, there are some terms and conditions that are still being worked out in terms of that deal. But as you mentioned, uh, this was kind of the pivot for the Giants uh, once the whole Correa deal fell through. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they did well with the Rodon uh, two-year deal with the one-year opt-out, and that's what the Conforto thing is. And you know, obviously, Conforto's had shoulder surgery that we know about, and it's be interesting to see that when they work this out, that, you know, Correa is the one left holding the bag. And, and Correa has been just, I mean, he's been such a hard worker, not that the other guys aren't, that he's been able to keep the back at bay and, and to play a, a large number of games. Last year, he missed time when he was hit by 
a pitch in his finger and he, he had COVID. And uh, I think that's about it. And, uh, you know, the twins, again, the twins wanted him back for a 10 year deal. And uh, I mean, this is a surprise to him and it's a surprise to all of us that, that he's the one who is the issue. And you're right. There isn't a ton of players left. It's funny to say that now, as we do this on December 26th, that I know, right. You know, I can remember when uh, Bryce Harper signed in, I think it was late February. It was certainly Manny, uh, Manny yeah. Machado, just a, just a little bit ahead of him, I believe too. Yeah. And uh, all the big, most of the big players are out, you know, at this point, the biggest players are probably Evaldi, uh Profar. I mean, Cueto had a good year last year and he's a, a good name. Uh, but uh, not a ton of stars on that market. Uh, I think all the top 10 guys are all off the board at this point, except for, of course, Correa, who right. I think we all hope can they can figure something out, uh, whether it's the Mets or somebody else, and that he get a deal that he deserves. Yeah, Padres sound like they are in on both Cueto and Ovaldi. We'll see. Man, if they can pull off on Evaldi, that's, that's I think, a huge get for them. Uh, in terms of the trade market, maybe teams uh, dealing with their own guys. You keep hearing about the White Sox, keep hearing about the Red Sox. Hendricks and Jimenez, Jimenez for the White Sox, Sell and Devers for the Red Sox. What are you hearing on that front? Well, Devers, I think right now they wanted to lock him up, and they're, they're in a position where they probably need to get a long deal with him after losing Bogart's. And before that, bets. I mean, they had three homegrown stars. Two of them are now gone. So it feels like they need to get it done. But my understanding is as we do this podcast, it doesn't seem like they're close with getting it done with Devers. Sale, uh, I think they're listening. I don't think they told teams earlier that they really didn't want to trade him. But they, they said now they're willing to listen on all their starters. They feel that they have depth there. I'm not sure if everybody else feels they have depth there. But, <laughs> you know, Evaldi is a free agent. They don't have him back. I see they tried to bring him back even after he took he didn't take the uh, qualifying offer, and now he's looking around. I, I see the Angels as a team that's out there looking at starting pitching. Uh, Evaldi is a possibility for them. Uh, and I think Sale could be a possibility for the Angels as well. Uh, Padres are amazing. So I don't put anything past them at this point. I mean, who knows? Uh, I give them so much credit. Uh, their owner, uh, Peter Seidler, fantastic. Their GM, AJ Preller, same thing. They're going for it again. You know, I never put anything past them, but I'll be surprised if they go for Evaldi at this point after all they've done and how high their payroll is. Uh, but, you know, can't put anything past them at this no. point. So don't know. And, uh, yeah, I, I would say the Angels are a team that's really, really the one that looks active on the starting pitching front. I think the Angels have done a good job. Not sure if they, they're up there with Houston at this point, but starting with Tyler Anderson, uh, uh, they've made some good good uh, signings, and I think they're in a much better position now. As they're uh, about to sell the team, we think, or close to uh, at least shopping the, the actual franchise. So yeah. interesting to see how, how they – uh, Artie Moreno's trying to go out with a bang. The, the Angels have made some smart, sneaky pitching moves. Uh, Evaldi would fit into that criteria uh, for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll see how uh, things break down. All right, that's really all we have for this week's episode of Big Time Baseball. Make sure you subscribe, like, wherever you get your podcast. The Odyssey app is another place you can find us. Until the new year, we'll catch you later.